Hello and welcome to the Tech Disruptors podcast hosted by Bloomberg Intelligence. In this podcast series, we talk with CEOs and management teams about their views on disruption and how it's driving their decision-making and strategy. My name is Vandeep and with me today is Cam Deesh, Chief Revenue Officer of Atlassian. Cam, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me and uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. And I'm also joined by my colleague, Sunil Rajgopal, who covers Atlassian for BI. So, Cam, let's get into just the fundamentals of the business. Again, Atlassian, I feel everyone is familiar on the developer side. It's widely used at this point of time. And if I had to ask you to characterize your addressable market, would you say it's predominantly DevOps or Atlassian is much more than a DevOps company at this point of time? So Atlassian's, while its roots was very much in software development, we've expanded significantly past that. Our mission is to unleash the potential of all teams. We see ourselves as a teamwork and collaboration software provider. When we look to our markets, we really think we compete in three separate markets. Agile and DevOps uh, were largely where we started. IT service management and then the broader work management for all category, all about helping technical and non-technical teams work better together. Got it. So at this point of time, every enterprise seems to be focused on multi-cloud and how they can leverage multiple public clouds and really avoid being logged in. So how do you frame Atlassian's position in a multi-cloud environment where someone like Microsoft gives you everything from DevOps to security to APM. Like there are a lot of large enterprises that use Microsoft and they also bought GitHub. So they have a suite that is good enough in a lot of cases for enterprises. So how do you frame the opportunity for Atlassian and especially at the large enterprise level? First, you need to understand Atlassian has been in business for 20 years. And when we started, we started largely in legacy on-premises software. We gave you the bits, so you installed them wherever, largely many of our customers installed it on desktops underneath their desks. Obviously we've evolved since then, and today our entire goal and primary where our focus is in our software as a service cloud platform on which all of our cloud products are built. We have built that natively on top of AWS, Amazon Web Services. So effectively from a customer perspective is all of our applications are built on top of Amazon, but Honestly, most customers, it's, it's completely abstract to them. They, it's not like they use their AWS account. It's all going through Atlassian. We are providing the service in the cloud. For this, largely, most customers have some existing relationship with Amazon. Very few have any objection to not go with Amazon. And when, from a competitive perspective, like it's largely transparent to the customers. The biggest focus we have is how do you stay competitive, right? And it's for us, it's being competitive is building the best products with the best user experience, the best integrations, the best new capabilities to unlock business value, regardless of what infrastructure you're built on. <laughs> that's where the competition happens. And as long as we can out-innovate any competitors with our solutions, we'll continue to grow. So I mentioned Microsoft and not to kind of hone in on that, but I guess when it comes to just your sales cycle, given Atlassian has focused the least on direct sales and marketing and your business model is somewhat known for the organic nature, start off with small teams and then expand, land and expand. Curious, are you at a point where you're finding that to penetrate large enterprises and really to displace what Microsoft is giving out of the box, you need a sales force, you need a different kind of selling motion. 
Listen, we've evolved our go-to-market efforts. And what do you mention? Atlassian largely started product-led. We didn't even have a commission sales rep in this business for the first 13 years of our organization. But over the last five to 10 years, we have, as our enterprise solutions, our offerings got more mature and our customer demand and the mission criticality of our solutions got more robust, you know, our customers simply needed to engage with, you know, enterprise, we call them enterprise advocates. Those are our account managers. And we have invested here. I've hired an incredible enterprise sales leader. He ran the Americas at Slack prior to the acquisition by Salesforce. And he's come in and helped build out our enterprise motion to meet these customers where they expect us. I have to admit that all that enterprise motion is an expansion motion within our existing customers. We continue to land thousands of net new customers with zero human interaction possible, completely flywheel led. But as we get to a certain amount of scale within those enterprise customers, it makes sense for us to engage them with an enterprise sales rep and drive that standardization conversation. And that's working very well today. We do that while preserving what we consider the most efficient go-to-market model in enterprise software. Yeah, and so now, you know, Atlassian is at a $3 billion run rate, over 150,000 customers. If I were to ask you, you being the chief revenue officer, how sticky is the product? And then when does that translate into higher net retention rates at the 150,000 plus customers that you have? So first off, we have 250,000 customers okay. uh, we're worth calling out. So I added 100,000 right there for you. When I joined the company, we had less than 20,000 when I joined 10 years ago. And we continue, we publish our net new customer number every quarter. We land thousands of net new customers every single month, you know, at this company, we continue to do that. So, you know, and that largely shows to the breadth of our offerings, as well as the general demand that we're riding of digital transformation, companies using technology to change how they deliver value for their customers as well as this cultural transformation as we are all trying to figure out to work in the new remote, hybrid, back-to-office ways of working, all areas that Atlassian continues to grow. As far as the stickiness of our products, one of the core advantages of our products is that we provide extensive out-of-the-box integrations, extensive flexibility from a customization workflow and reporting perspective, and then a very large marketplace. We have thousands of apps that customers can buy, use, and integrate into their solutions. And we find it's that combination of customization, integration, and marketplace apps that if configured correctly, becomes part of a mission critical application for a business, whether it's software development or IT operations, or even like how a marketing department is running their campaigns, all can be managed in our solutions and becomes extremely sticky because it effectively becomes the reinforcement for how that team actually works. Do you look at cohorts when it comes to measuring the stickiness and, and the land and expand motion? Because the reason I bring that up is a company like ServiceNow does almost double your revenue at less than 10,000 customers. Clearly, they have a different selling motion and they're selling a software that is also mission critical. I wonder, you know, how do you think in terms of just either retaining these customers or driving more revenue at these customers? Is it more about adding new products and selling add-ons or selling more seats or maybe more consumption as a, you know, a number of new cloud companies are doing these days? First and foremost, our, our goal is to unleash the potential of every team. So our goal is never purely do, let's just go monetize the biggest companies in the world and don't worry about the small players. We have always focused on those are the Fortune 500,000 is what we called it. It was like, you know, we're going up to that billion knowledge workers out there. You know, and why would we limit ourselves by purely only focusing on enterprise? 
in that teamwork has challenges of a team of 10 or a team of 10,000. Within the enterprise specifically, we have grown rapidly uh, as customers continue to listen, standardize on our applications. They've asked us to build the enterprise capabilities in our cloud offerings, and we've been able to do that, whether it's data privacy or data residency or even pure scale. We've done much investment in that area to get customers to our cloud in the enterprise. When it comes to kind of net retention and expansion of our customers, it's one of the biggest advantages that we have in that we have multiple expansion vectors. You know, we largely land with a single team, with a single product. Say, small software development team wants to track their work in Jira software. And from there, we'll spread to more teams. More and more users get added to that single product. But we also have over, I think we have about 20 products in our portfolio today. We have massive cross-sell opportunity within our three markets. So we can expand to Confluence for rich documentation. We expand to Jira service management to help with your IT ticketing and operations. You name it. So we have many different product expansion capabilities. We also have additions. So we usually start customers within largely our free edition or our low price standard edition. But if we want more advanced capabilities, we can upgrade to premium or our enterprise editions to get more dollar per user, but more value per user. And then if you look at our overall pricing strategy historically at Atlassian, we are significantly lower cost at a per user basis than any of our competitors. So we have extreme price uh, confidence in the market as well. Uh, that's something that we want to continue to establish, but we also know that you know, we're always going to protect our high value price with our competitive strategy. But we also have a lot of flexibility with pricing with our customers today as well. I mean, I don't have to tell you this, that we are in a tough macro environment right now. Beginning of 2023, there's a lot of talk about deep recession. How are you positioning as somebody who cares about revenue? What are your expectations around churn when it comes to your 250,000 customers? How do you think they will handle this tough macro environment? Yeah, hey, listen, if I could predict exactly what's going to happen out there in the economic environment, I think we'd love to have all those answers. First and foremost, we come down to, is our strategy sound? You know, within the three markets we compete, Agile and DevOps, IT service management, and broader work management for all, do we have strong competitive strategies and quality solutions at a quality price? And the answer is absolutely yes. So is there a chance in this macroeconomic environment that our competitive position in these large markets, has it changed? No. We are still highly competitive and growing quickly in each of the markets. Then it comes down to those expansion levers I mentioned. What, what are the ones that potentially be at risk? And the two that we did see impact over the last two quarters, which we've spoken about publicly, is kind of last summer, July, August, we saw the net new customers, basically people, free customers. We have thousands and thousands of free customers. The, their willingness to put in their credit card and becoming a paid customer that conversion rate started declining a little bit uh, last summer. And we just see that as people tightening their belts, not buying software until they absolutely have to, or waiting for a little more certainty before they give more credit card information, which is a natural expansion. Second, what we saw is definitely because we serve a lot of technology companies, the slowing of the tech market in general and technology and companies in general, we saw user expansion slow down at companies that were growing very, very rapidly. So you know, over the last three years, many of these large tech companies have been adding thousands and thousands of employees, and we've been able to ride that wave as we've added at more and more users. As those companies stop adding more employees or potentially getting rid of some of those employees, yeah, that will impact overall user growth. Those are the two things that we've seen to date. However, our cloud transition, getting our on-prem customers to the cloud continues to go strong. 
We did a small price increase last quarter that we've got no material impact, negative impact from. We can do see retention be strong within our customer base, and we see product expansion, specifically with our Jira service management offering, continue to be strong. So as we have plenty of expansion vectors, so if things slow down, we're an agile company, we can you know, evolve where we're going to focus our energy based off of what our customers need. So how much of a lift are you getting from moving your data center customers to the cloud or your other on-premise product customers to the cloud? All of our cloud migrations accounts for approximately 10% of our annual cloud growth this year. And in terms of the customers spending, let's say, X amount of dollars as a data center customer, are they spending more when they move to the cloud? So all of our pricing is public information, so you, people can figure it out on the websites. But the general story is if you have less than 500 users, the price difference between what you're paying for a license on-premise versus cloud is almost exactly the same. There's very little price difference for our smaller customers to go to the cloud. As you get to the largest customers, those many of those largest customers on average are paying, call it 3 to $4 per user per month. When they go to the cloud, depending on the addition, their net price can get to you know, from call it six to ten dollars per user per month. So yes, in the end, by going to our cloud offerings, you will be paying more at a license perspective. However, you have significant benefits in infrastructure, administrative overhead, cost savings that are hard cost savings when customers move. In addition to that, we have a lot a ton of net new capability, which in the end makes your development and your teams more productive and the ROI is significantly improved. And we've actually have a Forrester total economic impact report that actually dictates that perfectly. And for customers who actually want to build bespoke ROI models, we have dedicated teams to help justify that transition from a licensing cost perspective. Looks like most of the pricing is based on user and you obviously move to a subscription pricing. Is there any consumption-based pricing for any of your products? Uh, not currently. All of our licensing is tied to a per-user pricing monthly. And we have annual contracts as well if customers wish. And so has your contract duration changed in any way recently, given the slowdown you mentioned in the last two quarters? The interesting thing is we've actually seen uh, a continued bias towards our annual contracts from monthly. Part of that can be simply that when you buy an annual license from us, you get it at the cost of 10 months. So many customers might have seen, they're looking ahead, they have some uncertainty in their budgets, they want to lock in for the year and lock in at the best price possible. Our annual contracts allow for that. Maybe pivoting to the marketplace, since you mentioned that, what kind of, just a, from a revenue contribution perspective, what kind of contribution are we talking about? And how should people think about the scale of your marketplace with, let's say, a public cloud marketplace like an AWS? So we have one of the largest marketplaces in enterprise software. We've done over $2 billion in lifetime sales through our marketplace. Since it's become an existing, I think we launched it in 2011, so in 11 years, and it continues to grow rapidly with the rest of our business. I don't have the specifics on what the percentage of our total revenue is on an annual basis for marketplace, but it is a consistent part of our overall revenue portfolio. From my perspective, our general view on that one is the marketplace is simply a way to extend the value of your Atlassian products through better integrations, bespoke functionality or vertical solutions. So any marketplace sales, in addition to the revenue piece that we get, it's more about, I know if a customer uses two or three apps, their retention rates go way up. 
So it's largely becomes down to a customer satisfaction and customer retention focus for me first and foremost. And if we can help build a larger ecosystem around of our products with thousands of new vendors, all dependent on building that Alassian ecosystem, it will only benefit all of us more over the long run. Got it. And so if I had to ask you to bucket the spend of your customers as discretionary versus non-discretionary, how would you just try to provide some guidance or some view around what percentage of their spend on Atlassian or uh, if you have 250,000 plus customers, how much of Atlassian spend is discretionary versus discretionary for those customers? I couldn't give you a specific number on that. That's not an analysis we look at. What I can tell you is our net retention rates are well over 120% across our customer base. And we continue to grow our net new customer number by thousands of customers. Clearly, I, I think that's something that everyone is trying to think about, especially from an SMB perspective, given, you know, you've got application SaaS companies selling to SMBs, as well as on the infrastructure side, you have cybersecurity companies, and then DevOps and IT ops. Do you think SMBs need a consolidation aspect as well in terms of is, is the space too fragmented and they need somebody to consolidate it? And if yes, then how would you go about playing that aspect if uh, it were to happen? So once again, we, we think about the world in these three separate markets, Agile DevOps, IT service management, and broader work management for all. Specific to small and medium-sized businesses, there can be a world where, hey, I simply don't have enough developers or a big enough software development team where I do not need the robust capabilities that a you know a best of breed standalone solution like Elastium provides with Jira software. Maybe I can just get away with you know a free board solution, which Elastium also has with our Trello offering. You know, or I guess if we just do an emails and spreadsheets and standups on Zoom, we don't need workflow and integrations and all of that. I do not believe at any customer size in software DevOps that there's a massive consolidation strategy or implementation or what we'll see in the market to date. I think software development, the inherent nature of software development is so complex and there's always net new capabilities that developers are always going to want to go use to provide the best innovation and become the most productive. So we actually, our bet is that the, we're not going to see massive consolidation in the DevOps market. We're going to see a proliferation. And actually, when you have hard economic times, you'll see even more startups starting to get created to try and solve the problems across DevOps, which is huge in new and innovative ways. And our goal there is to ensure that we remain the source of truth of the work that is happening across your DevOps tool chain, and that we are that primary interface between your technical teams and your non-technical teams for tracking and managing that work going forward. That's what we own across that DevOps tool chain. You know, and as long as you have a team of significant complexity and size, we know that we can provide lots of value. But maybe some small customers like, you know, we don't need to pay for this stuff yet, or we'll go, we'll just use the free version from Atlassian which is for, uh, for 10 users. You know, and that's something that is part of our strategy to date. In those other market categories, whether it's I, in IT service management, the reality there is you have a variety of players, legacy and new, that are very, very, very expensive, sold CIO top down, and you see only a fraction of their actual capabilities being deployed internally in those businesses. We are a fraction of the cost of the competitive alternatives and provide almost all the same functionality that those customers need. More importantly, we can better integrate your IT operations with your software development operations. That strategy across IT service management has been paying off massive dividends for Atlassian over the last couple of years. Okay. 
So I, I guess we talked a lot about the product. So in terms of your long-term goals, and Atlassian uh, has talked about $10 billion in revenue, you're currently at a $3 billion revenue run rate. What's the path from three to 10 billion? And if you're talking about, you know, a tougher economic environment where companies will pull back on IT spending, I mean, clearly you have outpaced the growth in the DevOps market. If you were to look at IDC numbers or Gartner numbers, yes, you've been growing way faster than the end market growth. So is the path more driven by the growth in the DevOps segment, or is it more market share shifts? How should we think about that? Uh, we we're just going to find $7 billion out there in the next few years and call it a day. The numbers get really big real quick. When I joined the business, we were $150 million, you know, in, in bookings then. So for us to get to $3 billion, the way I look at it is across those three markets. So, But before that, we have our cloud transition. So First, we have a large portion of our on-premise customers, many of our largest enterprise customers who've standardized on us. The first thing we need to do is get them to our cloud. That's driving 10% of annual cloud growth. And that's still plenty of work to do over the next couple of years to get those customers to the cloud. Every single day, we get better at that motion. But as I already mentioned, it is a step change in our relationship with they trust us with their data. We are managing their applications. We're delivering a lot of new innovation. And it's a step change in our financial relationship as well once we get customers over the lot. So that's the first big shift we're taking. Then the second is in Agile and DevOps, our strategy there, we believe, listen, is there going to be more technology and more need for technology in the future across businesses, or is there going to be less need, right? If you believe there's less need, I fine. That's an interesting hypothesis. I, I wouldn't agree with it. Yeah, you know, but we generally believe there's going to be more developers and more need for technology in the future. Our goal there is, once again, own that source of truth for the work that is happening in your software development teams. We have made new innovation going left of code, going into more product management use cases with a new product called Jira Product Discovery, helping kind of the discovery and, and understand what we need to build before you actually put it in your software development team. And then above code, laddering up all the software development efforts to your company's strategy, goals, objectives, and so on. We've done that with our product called Jira Align. So that's in our software development space while we'll continue to grow faster than the overall ADO DevOps market. In IT service management, I already mentioned that. Highly competitive price, replacing legacy vendors, and better, tighter integration with your software development operations. Like that's our threefold winner, um, and that continues to grow very rapidly. And then the larger and biggest opportunity out there is in that broader work management area, which is how do we help teams in every department and in every industry work better together in new and agile ways. And in that market, we have multiple offerings. We believe also in that market, there's going to be more and more new innovation and solutions coming to market to help solve this challenging thing called teamwork as all of us try and figure out new ways of working in remote, hybrid, or back in the office. This is Sonny here. I would like to know how is your enterprise motion going and how, what are your overall targets there and which uh, product areas are you focusing more on the enterprise side? So our enterprise business has actually been the, um, in, even in these global macro, macroeconomic situations, our enterprise business remains very strong. My enterprise sales team is primarily focused on the cloud transition. That is our number one biggest goal for that team today to ensure that all of our customers, regardless of their size, their integrations, 
adopt Atlassian's software as a service offering. And that's going very, very well. Second to that, we have des dedicated motions for IT service management, replacing legacy IT service management and operations vendors with our solution. We have dedicated motions for Jira Align, which I mentioned is that kind of above code, laddering all of your work that's happening in your software development teams, all up to your company's strategy goals and objectives. And most recently, we've introduced a new enterprise motion around Atlassian Together, which is a subscription offering that combines all of our work management for all offerings. That's Confluence, Jira Work Management, Trello, Atlas, and Atlassian Access as a single subscription price at a highly competitive price compared to any alternatives in the market. So those are our enterprise motions today. The cloud transition still remains the largest of those four plays. Sure. And are you considering uh, bundling more of your product or the enterprises? At this point, Atlassian Together, which is that first subscription bundle we're offering, we launched that in a beta to a small amount of customers last September. We plan to expand that more in this coming year. Based off of that success of that program, we'll definitely take those ideas to other markets, but I have nothing else immediately in plan. Sure. Thank you. And welcome. Vertical specific use cases. I mean, I know a lot of the software companies these days, they try to, uh, you know, address a specific uh, industry uh, use case. Curious if you have figured that out. While we've done some vertical go-to-market activities where we'll have, you know, marketing teams or sales teams aligned to specific you know, industry verticals, whether that's, you know, federal government's probably the biggest of those. We're increasingly expanding in financial services. We've yet to create bespoke product functionality for verticals, with the exception of regulatory specific ones. So we have HIPAA guidance for obviously the healthcare industry. Uh, we have Banfi, which is the you know, German equivalent of financial services regulations, FSI. So most of our vertical focus from an R&D perspective has been at a compliance level, not a functionality level. What you'll look to is our marketplace. You'll see in our marketplace that there you'll see more verticalized solutions for bespoke market niches. But at this point, we've seen plenty of opportunity at the horizontal view across our customer base versus going to industry specific. So let me pivot to our uh, rapid fire questions. You can keep your answers brief here and I'll try to go through them quickly. What is one technology or trend you're most excited about over the next two years? Is it chat GPT or something else? Uh, you know, it's pretty close. I won't specifically say it's chat GPT, but the idea of taking AI machine learning towards content creation, whether that's writing code whether that's me writing up a page on a report of what we see on our new customer number, I think the the power there to improve productivity of every single employee is pretty amazing, or at least the potential. So I'm excited to see what can happen across the industry. Do you think ChatGPT will result in fewer developers needed to do the job? Nope. No. Okay. I think you're just going to have more developers writing more code. Okay. <laughs> and then... How do you think a recession will impact your growth rates? Oh, what a great question. <laughs> Positively. Now, the, uh, listen, we've been in business for 20 years. We're a profitable business. We have multiple products at highly competitive prices, but we are tied to users. Are we are a user-based licensing. If companies hire less people or in a recession lay off people, that will affect our user growth, uh, which will affect our business. The good news is we have other expansion vectors through our additions, our migrations, our pricing power, and our cross-sell to ensure that we drive more revenue per user 
and make the existing users that are within our customer base more productive. Which legacy vendor are you gaining the most share from? Good question. Once again, it depends on the market. In Agile DevOps, there's no legacy vendor. Largely, we become, we start when companies get created. You know, replacing uh, you know email spreadsheets or standups with technology. In IT service management, we definitely see legacy IT vendors in that space, um, and we continue to replace them. And we're also competitive with the uh, other vendors out there that are that we already discussed today. And in the broader work management for all market, man, that is, it's just the wild west. There's new vendors. There's old vendors, yeah, you name it. I think everyone's just trying to figure out is where are people going to track and manage work? We have multiple solutions that we are attacking in that space. I see you don't like to name names when it comes to companies. <laughs> I'll leave that to you. Thank you. <laughs> what could go wrong with your assumptions about growth in this market? Well, listen, once again, if we could predict the future perfectly, then <laughs> we'd all be in a much different space. It's not about predicting the future. It's about uh, can we respond to market correctly. Um, we run quarterly planning processes. We are constantly testing new assumptions. We have incredible telemetry across our business, all the way from SMB to enterprise. We have a very good view of what is happening in our customer base and where, what strategies are actually paying dividends and what strategies are not. And we can change on a quarterly basis, very large company while the level priorities to ensure that we're always focused on the best growth opportunities. Once again, we've been in business for 20 years. This is not our first macroeconomic slowdown. We actually see this as an opportunity for us to gain market share and come out even stronger out the other side. Will you be downsizing if things get worse here? Listen, yeah, it's, we, we are still growing. We are still hiring people or along with our overall company growth. Granted, we are incredible stewards of capital. We are a profitable business. We're a public business. We are definitely all... If, if things change significantly, well, of course, we'll change our business depending on what those things are. But right now, we continue to grow our business as we grow our revenue. Has your focus increased on free cash flow over the last six months? Our, our focus is, well, and we've communicated this pretty clearly with the public markets, is our cloud growth rate is the most important thing. That is the culmination of our migrations, our pricing power, our user expansion, our cross flow, and our addition strategy. That's what we continue to focus our time on. And we do that while maintaining a strong free cash flow and operating margin. That's the balancing act that we have um, that we've committed to to our investors. Will you be looking to do M&A if valuations come down more from here? We've always been an acquisitive company for a long time. Uh, M&A is a core part of our overall company strategy. And of course, we will continue to look to M&A if it makes sense for our product and go-to-market strategies going forward. Last two questions. Who is your biggest competitor? This question I was like, is what, what's the biggest threat? Like, what's the biggest threat to Atlassian's long-term? Like, what's, what's going to get in our way of getting to $10 billion in revenue? When I think about this, it's a new solution to the markets we already compete in that doesn't exist yet in the market today. Whether that's an AI view, you know, maybe we don't need to do agile planning anymore because... The machine bots are doing it for us, and there's a new solution for that. Or the idea of IT operations and help us. Like, is there a completely new way that completely disrupts these existing markets we're in? That's what we, that's where the biggest threat could be. And we have to be very, very paranoid and vigilant that the solutions that we are creating in each of those market categories, you know, are highly defensive of any new innovation that comes out. In that, we are also on the bleeding edge of that new innovation. 
Uh, you see that with our point A program, which is largely where our new products like Jira Product Discovery and Compass and Atlas have come out of. Will you be fully remote or hybrid in the future? One nice part about being uh, headquarters in Sydney, Australia, we were always distributed very early on. Our executive team, led by our founders, fully embraced remote work. We actually call it Team Anywhere. We see remote work as a competitive differentiator for us long-term to allow us to hire the best people around the world, regardless of where they work, and then also establish new ways of us working together in these remote environments. Granted, we still have amazing offices, some of the greatest cities around the world. People want to work in an office, you can, but we don't have you don't we do not make employees go to the office. Great. Thank you so much, Cam. This has been wonderful. Really enjoyed our conversation. We covered a lot of things and uh, yeah, I just wish you the very best and happy new year once again. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure.